0: Get IXL now and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: A note of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast for Friday, February 8th, 2019. I'm Billy. Next to me is Owen. Hello. And we have this week two missing mothers, a surprise court appearance, an insurance adjuster turned convicted killer. But first up, Savannah Spurlock. Owen, what's
2: going on with Savannah? Savannah Spurlock is a 22-year-old Kentucky mother of four children, and she's missing. Uh, Savannah Spurlock went to a bar in Lexington, Kentucky on the night of January 4th, uh, a Friday, several weeks ago. She was last seen in the early morning hours of January 5th leaving that bar. Uh, The bar is located near the University of Kentucky campus. Uh, She hasn't been seen uh, or heard from since uh, that early morning. Security video outside the bar shows Savannah leaving the bar. It's called The Other Bar in Lexington. Uh, She's leaving with three men. Uh, investigators have spoken to all three men.
1: Yes. Uh, so this week, investigators announced that two of the men drove with Savannah in her car to a home in the rural area about 40 miles away from the bar.
2: It's actually their. Uh, it was actually two different cars belonging to the guy's, not her car. Right, right, she, yeah. yeah, she and their she car yeah. Uh, from Lexington, Kentucky, and then
1: followed, they were followed by a third man in another vehicle, which is weird in and of itself. 40 miles away, that's pretty far away
2: you know th- where they drove to is kind of a rural area southeast of uh, uh of Lexington which is obviously a campus town um, so you know 40 miles is probably some sort of a you know it's kind of a commute yeah. for some people uh, who who live out outside the, yeah. the city limits so i wouldn't imagine that that's that unusual as far as that goes um but uh, she hasn't been seen from since. Uh, like I said, the uh, police did talk to all three men. They, uh, yeah. they, they've done a forensics testing on two of the vehicles. They, they haven't released any information about and, that. And during this hour-long drive, Savannah's mother actually called her on FaceTime and, they, and
1: expecting her home. And Savannah um, um, told her mother that she'd be home in the morning. Her mother says she thinks that Savannah had no money um, or coat at the time. And surveillance video outside the bar shows her without a coat walking with the men. And her mother described people talking in the car during the call as hollering with someone telling her to chill.
2: That's never a good sign. No, and uh, Savannah does live with her mother, so she was understandably uh, upset when she didn't show up. Um, The phone, Savannah's phone, has gone out of service uh, about 8.30 a.m. later the day uh, uh, that she went missing, January 5th. It went out of uh, service at 8.30, so it's unclear whether it just ran out of juice or whether she turned it off or was disposed of or what. Um, As I said, they've performed forensic tests. They're not releasing information they said this week. They're not planning to... uh, release any information which draw whatever conclusion you will from that
1: and she just gave birth to twins in december her oldest child is four years old her second child is two she this was her first night out after the twins Mm -hmm. she gave them to her mother and said listen i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go have a good time try to blow off some steam um, God knows how hard it is to, to have uh, two new kids, and especially twins, and then have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. That must have been extremely hectic. So uh, she was just out looking, for, uh, looking to blow off some steam, and this happened, and we don't know where she is. So Savannah is five feet tall. She weighs about 140 pounds, has shoulder-length brown hair, uh, brown and blonde hair, actually, and several tattoos, including one that reads, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And this week, she turned 23 years old on Tuesday, February 5th. So you can go to TrueCrimeDaily.com or our um, uh, Facebook page, and you can check out what she looks like. And anybody in that area, please be on the lookout for her or if you have any information about um, these three men. Again, there has been no charges or anything, but there's something up
2: obviously i mean uh, you know even someone trying to get away and 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 blown off a little steam this is now what uh, uh three weeks later or more Four than three weeks Four weeks a month later so uh that's obviously uh highly suspicious but uh we'll, we'll find out what's uh, as the story proceeds yeah.
1: and for those of the pe- people out there that are probably looking and say well obviously she was with these guys something must have happened they were saying chill in the car they were driving her 40 miles away they got her at a bar um, you know what, why aren't the police doing anything? The police are looking at them. The police are sure, obviously have you know. Hopefully, you cross your fingers and you say, hopefully, these police in Kentucky are monitoring these guys. They're making sure they don't jump, um, and they're waiting for something to happen. And whenever you have three people in a case like this, what you're waiting on is you're going to lean on one of one them. One of them is going to crack. To if crack if there's, the if, if there's something. If there is something going there going allegedly.
2: There's, uh, you know, there was a lot of our commenters, too, were sort of remarking on the fact that, uh, you know, you have a fresh mother who's gone out. This is, you know, you go looking for trouble, which is a little bit of victim blaming, obviously, if she is indeed a victim here. Um, it's also, I'm not a parent, but you are. And uh, I certainly understand the the need to sort of blow off steam. We yes. have uh, four very young children there. And, you know, if you've got grandma watching, watching the kids for a night, uh, I, I, th- I think that's besides the point. So um, let's, so let's, let's hope for the best there.
1: Right before that, the other big missing person story was Kelsey Bereth, and uh, she's a 29-year-old woman living in Woodland Park in the mountains above Colorado Springs. She's been missing since Thanksgiving. Now, Kelsey, she was last seen on security cameras shopping with her one-year-old daughter in a supermarket in her neighborhood on Thanksgiving. And then her cell phone last pinged in Idaho, which is 800 miles away on November 25th, three days after she was last seen. Again, that's not good. So her family said the only thing missing from Kelsey's house was her purse, her travel items, such as her makeup bag and her luggage were still at home. And Kelsey's fiance, who's the daughter's father, Patrick Frazee, was cooperating with authorities until he was arrested.
2: It's uh yeah. the police have uh, announced that they they believe that she's been murdered and that she's not coming home. Uh, but she has not been found. Kelsey Berth has not been found. Uh, Frazy, Patrick Frazee, her uh, her fiance and the father of her child, has been charged with murder, uh, five counts in all, including conspiracy. But uh, murder is one of the charges. Um, some of the suspicious stuff, and it brings uh, you know, there's there's some of the. Patterns there. He, he, Patrick Frazee, didn't attend the first police press conference on the Monday after she disappeared. Uh, after it was announced that she had possible disappeared. red flag. Yes, uh, her, his lawyer said. Uh, uh, his lawyer told news outlets and everybody else that uh, basically Frazee got an hour's notice mm. before the, the press conference and couldn't make it. He would have loved to have been there, but he wasn't. Um, so he was. Uh, he was cooperating. His property was searched about two weeks later by 75 officers. So right. that's not just a friendly, uh, you know, road friendly or not. But it's not a couple of detectives coming over. 75 officers searched his property. Uh, a week after that, he was arrested on the five charges, including first degree murder, first degree. So that's not. Uh, if we think about uh, what was the other, uh, uh, the other Colorado guy, uh, what was his name? Uh, Christopher Watts, Chris Watts. Uh, who, mm-hmm. who, who, who's uh, who's pleaded to, guilty to killing his wife and, and his daughters were found. Uh, that seemed more like crime of passion. That's uh, more of a, a second or third degree. But this is uh, first degree. No,
1: this guy was was planning this, and uh, f- from what they're saying, so now the. The idea that, you know, what's coming out, you, you kind of look at these two cases and you say, well, what's different from one than the other? You know, uh, and the difference is, is that there was there was a pattern here. And police believe that, you know, obviously they search the house, 75 officers a week later, they bring five charges. You got to think that they probably found something there. Um and but them believe that, that the evidence that they found allegedly, um, leaves them believe that Kelsey was allegedly killed inside the home. So there's evidence that showed, which you got to think is probably some type of
2: blood or something along those lines. Uh, another, another factor there, too, is that, uh, you know, he lives in the neighborhood. He lives basically in the, in the area where Kelsey lives. He's her fiancé. He's the father of her child, yet he never reported her missing. Mm-hmm. It was actually Kelsey's mom, Kelsey Barrett's mother who lives out of state, uh, that she called police uh, for a welfare check, and that's uh, when they searched her house and found that she wasn't there. Uh, her brother went over there. Uh, as I said, the only thing that was missing was her purse. Yeah. Uh, this is a 32-year-old, or actually, Phrases 32, Kelsey's 29, uh, just to kind of give you some yeah. perspective.
1: and there's also uh, an accomplice here. This week, police announced that a nurse in Idaho is expected to appear in a Colorado court on Friday, today. Uh, she was being investigated for allegedly disposing of Kelsey's cell phone. So, you know, that's this is one thing that you see in murders now that you that you've never had before with these cell phones and these GPS. We all have GPS trackers on us right now, which is a little crazy when you think about it. We willingly do this. And the idea of you not only have to dispose of a body, but you have to dispose of the cell phone. And the the nurse is facing a count of tampering with physical evidence. She works in a medical center in Twin Falls, Idaho. She's allegedly an acquaintance of Patrick Frazee. And I put acquaintance in quotes, as I uh, as just did. And Kelsey's phone pinged from a location about 35 miles south of Twin Falls. So um, you got to think, remember, this is all speculation, but they probably leaned on her as well. Uh, th- this is what happens when you have, you don't have a body, but you're able to find evidence. They were able to get her on that charge. She's probably going to flip and say, you know, and say, yeah. And it.
2: speaking of the, the cell phone, uh, Kelsey, who, by the way, she's a, a pilot and an aviation instructor, uh, her employer, reportedly received a text from Kelsey's phone on the 25th, three days after she went missing. Uh, the text said she wouldn't be able to work that week. So that's all kinds of uh, it's a factor. We should not you know, draw, jump to conclusions. It's another one of these things she's missing. Uh, she could be in Thailand. She could uh, have vanished off the uh, face of yeah, the she's earth. Not Thailand, not, uh, See, she's the not in Thailand. Probably not the case. It's, there's yeah. a lot of suspicious stuff here. Obviously, police feel strongly enough when they've uh, yes. brought all of these charges. The, the The development this week is this nurse was sort of a surprise. They had hinted at this uh, last week. But this week they they have this nurse uh, basically mm-hmm. showing up yeah to, and so yeah and yeah
1: and we'll we'll find in the case of Savannah Spurlock one of those three people are going to say something and then we're gonna get I, I bet we have an update on that story in the next couple weeks so next up is Jason Dalton This is an update on a case that happened um, a while ago he was just convicted now this is the Uber driver shooter and this is one of the strangest stories because Jason Dalton, Was driving for Uber in February of 2016, and he was picking up riders in between shooting at people with a semi-automatic handgun at three different locations in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He killed six people and two people were injured. He was—he told police that he felt like he was being controlled by the ride-hailing app through his cell phone, and apparently the the app, the logo of the app, was some sort of symbol. He was saying. Police didn't know. He had no history of any sort of psychological
2: mess uh, up. He's yet. a former insurance adjuster with a wife and two kids at home. So, you know, I can't think of a more a sol- uh, solid, stable type of person than the, a person mm-hmm. who would be an insurance adjuster. It's always uh, the quiet one. So, but yeah. uh, I suppose. It's, it's, it seems like a low-risk uh, 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 profession.
1: So if, if everybody remembers this, he, he, w- he would pick up somebody... And he was driving really super erratically and kind of crazy and showed his gun to the passenger. The passenger jumped out of the car and then called police. So this was a story that was in the news then. Everybody was looking for this guy in this car. And people were getting in his car as he was picking up more passengers. And somebody would get into his car and somebody actually, and then like, he dropped them off and then he went and shot a bunch of people allegedly. he shot people at a cracker barrel you know he was
2: convicted. well he was convicted
1: yeah i don't have to say allegedly on this one you're right so he shoots four people these like these like 60 and 70 year old and 70 year old women who were just having a nice day at cracker barrel which is lovely and uh and then shot uh people at a um like a key i think blue's a kia dealership uh this father and son uh, th- th- awful awful but in between he's picking up people one of the people actually gets in the car and says, you're not the shooter, are you? And he's like, no, I'm not the shooter. I mean, this was a thing that was going on. People were were hearing about this. And this guy is just going about his... His routine.
2: This is Kalamazoo, Michigan, as well, which is you know a fairly residential, sort of uh, suburban area of Michigan. It's not uh, it's not exactly Manhattan or Los Angeles or something like this. So it was definitely a bolt from the blue when this when this stuff went down. Um, he did uh, ha- he was dragged out of court and in May 2016 he sort of started rambling and he was having he was saying uh, erratic statements and he basically upset one of the uh, one of the witnesses. So he's. Got a little history of uh, being unbalanced. Well,
1: he's got a history now of being unbalanced. He did not have a history then of being unbalanced beforehand, before this this shooting took place. And again, you know, we had a case last week about getting into a um, a car,
2: the pregnant lady, the pregnant in lady, Phoenix. and
1: that was a um, that was a rider getting in her car. But then this is the uh, this is the other side of the coin where you're a rider and you become a victim.
2: You know this uh, the whole the whole ride hailing app thing is it's been an ongoing thing it's a it's a it's a great thing that a lot of people use but it's also uh it seems to have a higher percentage of uh, incidents than than riding in a cab or riding in a bus or or what have you but uh it's it's, it's and an it's a, yeah i mean this is he, just he did pass a, a background check uh, according to uber so that he was, did uh, pass a background check that was not a, a red flag there he um Jason Dalton did plead guilty in uh, January, uh, several weeks ago, just one day before his murder trial was scheduled to begin. So uh, n- unclear how that happened. Um, this week, the development, he was sentenced to life in prison on, uh, on yeah. Tuesday. And they
1: didn't say what his, what his Uber rating was. He had only been ri- been driving for a few weeks, too. I
2: prefer... Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I shouldn't say which service... Yeah, you're not allowed prefer, to say but, that. But,
1: uh, we, we don't have any sponsors yet, though. So right. the... Uh, One of the stories that just came out uh, yesterday, in fact, which was a story that when we first uh, talked about it on True Crime Daily, got a lot of discussion going on, certainly a lot of discussion going on there now, especially on our Facebook page, is the story of Michelle Carter. Now, if you remember Michelle Carter, she's 22 now, she was 17 when she convinced her 18-year-old boyfriend, and I don't have to say allegedly on this one. Convinced her 18-year-old boyfriend, Conrad Roy, to go through with committing suicide by telling him to get back into his truck, which was filling with carbon monoxide. And uh, he died from carbon monoxide poison in July of 2014. Now, Carter had been sentenced to 15 months in jail, but she's been free while appealing her case. And this week, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court upheld the conviction on involuntary manslaughter and she's actually going to start serving some time. and It's only 15 months, though. That is where everybody is, is crying foul. I just want to read you a, some of her text message. She's like, I'm serious. Like, you can't even wait till tonight. You have to do it when you get back from your walk. Then she's like, are you back from your walk? And he's like, like five minutes. Okay, so you're going to do it? I guess. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm freaking out again. I thought you wanted to do this. I mean, there's pages of her just trying to in convince fact, this poor she kid. She told
2: him at one point to get back into his truck. Uh, one of the texts uh, says that uh, she he was sort of having second thoughts. She told him to get back in, and and he did. And yes. the result. Uh... So
1: the almost unanimously, it's interesting because regular people are saying she should have gotten more. Uh, the lawyers are saying she shouldn't have gotten anything. So she's got, um, Evan D said, uh, she also got two counts of eyebrow slaughter because she does have very distinctive eyebrows. There was a lot of comments about her eyebrows. Um, Charles K said, is it unthoughtful or relevant that I think that when she's in jail, she should just find someone else to manipulate. This is really sad. Um, uh, Brandy Lynn uh, said she uh, should be 15 years. A lot of people said she deserves a hard, harsher sentence. It's just such a sad story. And what was up with this girl trying to do this to this, this kid? And um, I don't... I, I, I still don't know what to make of it. The Let's keep us going again. If you have any kind of compassion for this woman now, woman, once girl, I don't know. I'm freaking out again. That's where I just left it off. I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. I thought you were actually going to do it, but now you've just made me feel played and I just feel stupid. And then he's like, I do want to, I'm just freaking out for my family, I guess. And she's like, Conrad, I told you I'd take care of them. People commit suicide. Don't think this much. They can just do it. I know. I know. LOL. Thinking just drives me more crazy. You just need to do it Conrad. Okay. I'm gonna do it today and she's like promise
2: hey, <sighs> you know uh, 17 years old is a, is a is a crazy time in a person's life and uh, we all make a lot of bad decisions or uh, I've many, seen many the photos of
1: you do. when you were 17 you made a lot of bad decisions particularly with your hair Well, I mean mullets, mullets uh,
2: were big back in the yeah. back in the day, but uh, that's uh, not quite comparable Um so yeah, she's 22 now. This is 17 when she happened. So there's a little. Some people are also calling this sort of delayed justice. Um, it looks like she's run out of appeal. So we'll see. Uh, I think uh, how that goes.
1: I mean, 15 months. She's definitely going to be able to. I I think it's a it's a it's a fascinating case. It's a tragic case. I would like to see. I would like to hear more uh, more from her. And I usually don't say this about people that are. Yeah. You know, convicted of manslaughter, or convicted of, or responsible, or, or deemed by the court as being responsible for, for you know, for and, the, killing and somebody it,
2: else. The, the legal uh, commentary on it is sort of how do you prove intent and you know uh, state of mind, and, and how to, uh, it's a slippery slope as far as uh, you know. Encouraging somebody to do this kind of thing and then they do it uh, uh, There's not a lot of uh, legal precedent yeah. here and there were several comments on, on Twitter about uh, the setting of bad legal precedents so Yeah, like, and the, there there's
1: there's other cases that are like this. There was a actually a woman in uh, It was supposed to be a nurse a female nurse in uh, that was convincing people to commit suicide, which they call catching the bus, um, in these forums online. And then it turned out that it was like a just a guy in Minnesota that was like really digging having these people go and he, they were committing suicide and he got he got time for it and then it got appealed and everything like that. So you're going to see this more and more because this is how people communicate now. They're communicating in chat rooms. They're communicating in, in, in text messages. And, um, you know, a 17-year-old boy just knowing how I was at 17, you can be manipulated so easily, especially by...
2: By a pretty girl. By a pretty girl, yeah.
1: Or a girl with those crazy eyebrows. So, Owen, oh, uh, you know, we usually try to end on a... On a somewhat happy note, but that's this is one of the this is one of the stories we do so many stories. This is one of the stories that really got to me. Just knowing how easy it it, it that could have happened to somebody, you know, and and the just the manipulation of this of this girl. It so. does seem
2: that the you know there was a, a a chance to not go through with this. It sounds like the you yeah. know the kid was on the fence and and this. No, she this could girl have sort of uh, pushed him. She as pushed hard him she over could, that one side him. of the fence. She could have.
1: She could have saved him, in my opinion, at least for a little bit until he got help. So, anyway, that is uh, true crime daily for Friday, February eighth. And um, just be on the lookout for the next great stories. Go to our Facebook page. Go to truecrimedaily.com dot com, and
2: um, we will see you next week. Check out our YouTube uh, page as well. True Crime Daily. Until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you, don't tell the same boring true crime stories this weekend. See you next week. Bye.